Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Oh, yesterday came suddenly Why she had to go I don't know she wouldn't say I said something wrong Now I long for yesterday What the hell was that? Yesterday. When did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? The Beatles. The what? John, Paul, George and Ringo, the Beatles. All right, episode 113. You started it. Surprise start. Uh, you said you had to go. So yeah, that's back. true. I, wa- I was looking at things that I had to tell you. Did I tell you I started taking a... I started taking an online sign language class. No. Why are you doing this? I want to learn sign language. I think it's the coolest thing. Okay. God forbid I ever reproduce. I want to teach my kids sign language. I, I, I have friends that have done that before. Um, but uh, I keep getting too busy to continue. And since I have a hard, a bad attention span anyway, it's, it's not working out so great. Okay. Um, and you know what's really hard about it? You'll appreciate this. What's really hard about it is like when I try to like make flashcards and stuff, you can't write the answers on the other side. <laughs> so your flashcards becoming one sided like this. Like you'll have the letter T, but you can't be like, oh, I'll draw a hand going like. Are you just going to like seek out deaf people to hang out with now? So, no, so you could use your skills, your new skill. It's so I, I was in line once, and I uh, I was returning something at TJ Maxx, and the people in front of me it was a rug I got for a shoot, and the people in front of me were all using sign language, and I was so giddy because I wanted to be like I'm learning sign, but that's not really what I know. I just for those of you at home, I just fake signed, and none of that was real, and I was very offensive. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I figured I'd just tell you, I didn't even think about it. I just saw the little screen open, and I was like, oh, I, I, I know, you can make fun of me for learning sign language for no reason. <laughs> so we had a full day. We had a full day. We went and watched the game, the USA uh, France? World Cup game. Yeah. I don't know any of the people. You and Scott, I know my friend Scott know all the people. You guys are, like, breaking it down. It's really, it's impressive. Yeah, I think... I think uh, it's cool that you guys know that stuff. Yeah, I'm not uh, a huge fan of Rapina. Yeah, I am, because I apparently mean, she and I look alike. <laughs> did you hear one of my notes today was going to be uh, the Olympics? Uh, did you hear what sports is added, being added to the Olympics for 2024? No. Breakdancing. What?! Breakdancing is about to be an Olympic sport in Paris 2024. Get out of here. Yes. We better not lose that. <laughs> we are going to lose that. You know, like some like African culture that like dances all the time for a living, like, or not living, but for their life. 
I'm sure there's something super offensive in what you just said, but I don't no, know what it is. It's not offensive. No, dude, we'll send the backpack kid from the Katy Perry dude, video we're in a, who does the flossing. Well, you're gonna just, have like okay. a gold medals. You're gonna have like a culture that doesn't revolve around TV and sit at home and watch us TV all day. That actually have to like come up with their own fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're right. They're gonna be the ones that kick ass right. and break dancing. I can't believe that. How do you even score that? Wow. And like, so I was like, well, it's not weird. Uh, there's synchronized swimming and there's floor, that yeah. gymnastic floor dancing. Floor thing. exercise, yeah. Um, That's a good note by you. Yeah, I was like. We've been, we've been kind of lackluster on our notes. That's a good note. That was a pretty good note. Um, we, had, we, had a little, we had our side talk of the real world. Yeah. I haven't seen the new one, though. I need oh, I didn't see it yet either. Tonight, probably. Yeah, me too. But it's getting uh, heated. There's some. I was, heat. I was just gonna say heated was gonna be the word I was gonna interrupt you with. There's a lot of uh, opinions lying around. They're just getting right to the the stuff. How how psyched were they when they got a, uh, someone who was a dreamer to sign up, like to be on the real world? They were probably like definitely out searching. Dreamers for came up on the the debates. Well, I was gonna get. I was gonna ask you your thoughts on the debates because I really did enjoy your notes. Well, I didn't. Well, we can fit, finish with real world. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, we talked about a little bit. There's a girl who has a problem with everything. Who she's offended by everything. Because she's every religion and every race. And uh, she she identifies as all, all these different religions and all these different races. She's Muslim, lesbian. She's also Jewish. Christian. Yeah. Is she Jewish? Oh, I thought she was Jewish. Okay, no. She's like know. a bunch of, like, things. So, like... Basically, it seems like the reason she's all those things is for the ability to get offended by everything. Or being able to, like, have opinions about everything. Yeah, I guess that's the only way you can speak freely these yeah. days. With, you, know. <laughs> you have to have, uh, check every box. I'm, that, that's why I'm learning sign language, so that I can, I can talk about deaf people however I want. But, as I told you on the phone, that one guy... The um, the activist guy is yeah. like the fakest dude ever. I'm interested. Now I'm going to watch it in a different light to see if I agree with you. Like he just, I feel like he has specific bullet points in his head that he just, like in a circle, just regurgitates as he's talking to people. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm excited to, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it tonight. I mean, tonight... Tonight's episode has the the virgin girl who has a problem with gay people. So this season is just like, there's no fun. It's action-packed. It's, it's all um, race. It's all like uh, getting out the points. You know, I remember when Real World was fun when they had jobs and stuff. Well, they had to go to work. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, that's right. They had a job. And I think you said that. They, at one point, they say it's been six weeks since they've been living there, and we have two, three, 30 minute episodes. Yeah, it's true. But in the past, Real World hasn't done things linear. Like, they'll just like have clips, and it won't be at the time frame as it really is. Like, the way they're telling the story. Yeah. So. But for the editors to keep it in that someone says they've been there for six weeks is a little weak. I agree. I agree. And I love the um, the confrontation that the the blonde girl and uh, Tobin and uh, 
Tova. Tova. Tova and uh, the jacked guy who was the who was the uh, pick, the Facebook pick. Yeah. Versus the activist, where he's like, "You're the only racist here," and he, the, the activist kid was just like staring at them, just like you think that he's just giving them their time to talk mm-hmm. before he interrupts, but he just has nothing to come back with, <laughs> you know. If it doesn't have anything to do with... Like, when he went in, he, like, knocked on their door. He's like, hey, Nipsey Russell, Nipsey Hussle died. We're going to go to a vigil. They're a vigil. You guys want to come? And then, of course, like, they have this whole, like, you know, have to show the white girl, like, getting involved in all this stuff. And her hugging. It was very emotional. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they know how to swing things. Sure. But anyway... All right, so you want to talk about the debates? Well, I was just going to say it's been a really nice, it's been a really exciting week because of free agency and the debates. There's a lot of things like I am having, um, um, what do you call it, like overload of information on on things that matter nothing to my life, even though they're supposed to, but they don't. Like um, I watched the first half of the first night. And uh, pretty much the first half of the second night, I didn't get through all. Okay, of it. see, I did I did the full two hours of each. Um, so night, let's just like I liked your notes last night, which were, I you said, are you watching? I said, I got it taped. I got to wait to to watch it. And you said, the the moderator has a bad goatee, and everyone's yelling. That was your review. Everybody was yelling. Not, but those two things, that's you hit them both on the head. Was it so we were wondering, Kamal Harris? Yeah, but wait a second. I want to. I just want to get. So, do you not know Chuck Todd is the the moderator? You don't, do you? I don't know who Chuck Todd is. So when I said that, we were just like, "How does he not know who's Chuck Todd?" Well, he's like one of the hosts on MSNBC. So. Oh, I don't watch him. I watch CNN. But I don't watch MSNBC either. But he's like a really well known. I'm sure he is. He's got a bad goatee. Well, he he is the worst part of these debates, too. Because he doesn't shut up. They said on night one, he talked more than four of the candidates. Um, like, he he had more time on screen than, like, four of the candidates. And the thing that really sucks is, you know, they're all, you know, this is all this anti-Trump thing. And then Trump tweets out, like, some funny shit in the middle of it. And you're like, God, you know, like... What are you saying? He was just like... He was just kind of fact make, checking. You no, know, he was just making fun of them for their horrible. Everybody's like, but like when the mics, like when the mics didn't work. No, yeah. he didn't. He didn't go into those things. The mics didn't work. Of, was really bad. He's making fun of the NBC about it all, and he's right. And it's like he's he's like trolling them really well. It's almost like when uh, NCAA, when they're the first few years, they put it online. Like you could watch every game online. Like. You could never get on. Like, CBS was always, like, crashed because everybody was trying to watch it on their right. computer. Right, 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 Like, you have to expect that a lot of people are going to be, like, you got to plan for these moments, guys. So, what were your takes on the first first night? So, the first night was Beto, right? Cory Booker. Yeah, Cory Booker, Beto, Elizabeth Warren. She came off pretty good. Yeah. She's... I'm Elizabeth... I've been a... Like Elizabeth Warren fan for a long time. I know you like her because she's gonna get rid of your student debt. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. 
Um, it seems like there might be a woman candidate this year. All right, so we're gonna let's talk about that. Um, so the first night, it's more about these people on the outside who just suck, and they're like, "Can I, can I talk? Can yeah. I can I say something? Can I say something?" There was one woman that like looks like Gilda Radner, the writer. Oh, the second night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she, a writer. That's her job. It just says writer. It's like when when the Bachelor yeah. like announces all their new contestants, and somebody comes in and they're like an entrepreneur. Oh, so you don't really have a job. That's how you kind of feel when the writer comes up in the political debate. But you know what's funny is, like, when those outside people, like, start talking, they know that they're not going to get... They don't really answer the question that they're supposed to be answering because they know that their main points that they're going to get across aren't... They're not going to be called on for that. Right. So they, like, just, just start rambling and telling their... Why you should, like, vote for them. And they're like, well, it's not really the question we talked about yeah 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 or or they're they have like a they have a nice zinger that they've been they're like this is my only chance is to get at somebody who's 15 points higher than i am in uh, approval polls so i'll get my zinger and and it never works it always falls like flat there's a couple political documentaries did you see the beta documentary no i didn't watch it yet and i don't know if i'm going to now because i like the guys that did it they're the pod save america guys listen to their podcasts in fact, what I just said was something I heard in one of their podcasts. Um, they uh, they produced that documentary, so I was really into it. But after watching him, I'm, see, I, I, like, I don't know if I want to see 90 minutes of him. On one, one of the uh, sites, because I like Google debates just to see like what everyone thought of, uh-huh. the, uh, like who won. One of them said that Beto was the winner of that night. I don't know. I really like... Once he started talking Spanish, I was like, why is the Spanish thing a thing? Well, because... It's America. Oh, boy. Here we go. We don't need to talk bilingual in the debates to, like, to appease the uh, Latin uh, community. Well, here, here's my thoughts on that. And I'm, if you're gonna, I'm glad you brought that up. If you're going to talk Spanish, make sure it's, like, not Spanglish. Well, here's what I, here's what I would say is I don't mind doing it. I actually think that you're appealing to to a certain group of people, so I like it. But it needs to come from a place of authenticity. And when he started doing it, it just seemed like the biggest uh, look at me, I know Spanish ever. Like, and it just it doesn't see, it seems disingenuous. And then Booker was and like, he, he was like, oh, well, if he's going to do this, yeah. I'm going to do this. And then, uh, what's his name? The guy who I thought was actually really good. I keep forgetting his name. That's not good for him. I thought the one, the actual Spanish guy, yeah, <laughs> the Latino guy, yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he, I've seen, I've, I've heard full interviews with him, Castro. I don't think he has a chance. Castro, he's good. I mean, you don't know. It's not like anybody's really awesome yet. Right, that's true. So that's like day one. Um, I thought, you know, I thought that what's her name, Klobuchar. She she had some good zingers. She's the one that everybody like hated working for. <laughs> she like, uh, but like, she the Rasatine does sounded like this, you know. And you're like, I don't think that that's gonna work. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone that first night was kind of careful to stay away from going after Elizabeth Warren. Cory Booker, I like him. I don't know. I I think I can pinpoint his address now from how many times he brought it up in the <laughs> debate. He loved to talk about where he. I mean. And he's kind of known as like an opportunist, so 
And he's like marrying what's her face now, right? Um, uh, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, they're like supposedly going to begin engaged. Now. So that was the first night. Uh, second night was obviously the more interesting night. With Biden, Sanders. Yeah, Mayor, Mayor Pete. Audrey says that Mayor Pete looks like Aaron, and she kept wanting to text it to him. And I'm like, I don't know if you want to text that to him. I don't think that's a compliment. One of the guys looked like Sel- our buddy Scott Selvage, and I like sent him the, <laughs> sent the text. We have to point that out. Maybe we'll put in Aaron versus Selvage with Mayor Pete versus that guy. Um, I like Mayor Pete a lot. He always has really good. Uh, he's got like really good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um. That guy just stumbled over his words. I don't even remember what his name was. Is that... Hillcock? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think he's... Yeah. Uh, from, like, Colorado or wherever? Yeah, Colorado. Um, but... Okay, so let's talk about last night, because I haven't seen anybody... Because I went out right after the debates got done, and then we've been, obviously, having our fun day all day, and in between I've been I heard stressing. That, well, I was watching CNN today, and I didn't get to see it, but Biden, like, supposedly, like was at a public appearance and he was supposed to like comment on him getting berated last night and I don't know what came out of it I'm sure oh all right you can read about it but so here's what here's before so this like I said I haven't read anything and Kamala Harris started off she said three or four things I thought were awesome and she's good because she's you know what she was like a public defender or whatever she's like she's really you know she's good but once she starts getting angry it's like well that's the thing like this is not going to go over well. Yeah, I agree. And um, specifically, I thought she's making she she made a couple of really good points. And then when she went in on Biden about the the race thing, but the weird thing is she was like started off saying, "Oh, I don't believe you're a racist," but but and then she started calling him a racist. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And the thing that's that annoys me is like. She's going to get points for that. Like, it was, but it was cheap. Like, I don't... One of the things I think that if you don't like Trump, like, one of the things that you don't like about Trump is his pettiness. And that seems like a petty thing to get mad or to, to make into a point. Um, so I was just kind of bummed that that's where she went. Like, she kind of lost me there. And it's not... You know, it's just... It's not even has to do with race. It's just like... Are you really that offended because he said he worked with these other people? You know what he meant. Like, why are you focused on that? And um, to me, it just seemed, again, sort of disingenuous. And uh, she lost me with that. And I know that, she, that probably people were like, she was awesome to do that to him. But it's the wrong people. It's the people who were offended by everything that are pointing the finger. Anyway, so I'm sure and she... And then Biden didn't really, like, help himself no. when he was like... Oh, I'm out of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, Oh, you're out of time move, huh, pal? <laughs> exactly. I'm out of time. I don't have to talk about this anymore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought uh, Aaron, or fake Aaron, was pretty good. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, he's good. I mean, I don't, I don't see, you know. How he can, yeah. Yeah, I think that there's too many people who have too many problems with his lifestyle. Um to vote for him, but God, that guy said, like, when they were like, hey, there's some, you know, there's some police act, some, a police officer killed a kid, and he's like, yeah, you're right, we screwed up. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally, you're right. There's no bullshit. It's just like, yeah. And then there's a guy, <laughs> one of those idiots at the end, you should have fired him. <laughs> you should have fired the guy. He gets ready to yell it in there. And you're like, dude, I just wish you could be like, dude, a lot of things. That was the, lot, guy the orange tire. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. I can't just, can't just fire the guy. I mean, I'm, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, these, these morons. We were talking about last night and everybody I was with was just like, yeah, Trump's definitely getting reelected. When you watch this shit. I don't think so. I don't either. But they were laughing at me like, you're, you're so, you're stupid because like, this shit show just makes it worse. I think there are, there is some truth to that. So anyway, there's that, and then there's. Do uh, you have anything else with the debates? No. Then there's NBA free agency. Real quick, who's going where? How can how can we do it real quick? Um, I think Kawhi and Jimmy Butler are going to the Clippers. Oh wow! Okay. I think Kawhi stays. And uh, well, they've been making a good point about him staying, like. If he stays, most likely Kawhi Leonard um, would want a short deal, like a one year. Right. Or a two year with a player option. Right? Right. But if he gets hurt like Kevin Durant, it could screw him up because he, for his whole career, he's taken less money to do some different things. And now he's at a point where he can make a shit ton of money. Like, he took less when he was in San Antonio. He, like, took pay cuts. And then he got traded. And, and don't forget, he just sat out a year and a half with an injury. So, yeah. it's he's got a history. If this is his chance, he, he needs, needs to, like, he needs to jump on it. So, getting the one-on-one deal isn't going to work for him. I, I'm, I'm completely with you. Because I thought for sure he just that's what he would do. And then hearing it was like, no. So, and then I saw, like, a, uh, a, I can't remember who on the... Uh, they're interviewing someone. Was it Terrence Ross? Someone on um, the Toronto Raptors, and they were talking about how, like, no matter you know how much Canada like loves you, you're still you feel like you're not uh, in the United States. Like, like you look forward to going on the road and being back in the states. Okay. So a lot of those. Uh, you know, people that actually go there don't really like the fact that they are got long-term deal there. But, but I don't know. Um, and Kemba's going to go to Boston? Yeah, it looks like that. Um, and Charlotte's going to be done. I don't know who they're going to get. Um, Clay's going to re-sign with Golden State. And then Durant. Durant and Kyrie. I still think Durant's going to go to the Knicks. Okay. It says... He's engaging four teams in talks. Um, the Nets, Clippers, Knicks, and Warriors. They're also talking about all these restricted free agents. Like, when you're a restricted free agent, like, the team has to, like, put in the offer, and then they have five days to, like, match it. Yeah. So, like, all these teams, like, of course, I'm a Suns fan. I'm talk about the Suns. So, if they want... Um, they want um, D'Angelo Russell. Him and... Uh, you should want D'Angelo Russell. He's awesome. Well, I'm, I like Booker and him are really good friends. Okay. And there's like an underground thing going on where people think that if the Suns don't get uh, D'Angelo Russell that 
Bucker's going to want out. And he just signed his fucking max deal. Um, which would be great. Um, but if he, if the Suns want D'Angelo Russell, and they put in an offer, and they wait, by the time it gets rejected and the Nets, because the Nets will see like, oh, well, we have to see if we get Kyrie first. And then the Suns basically wait that five days. And then if they don't get them, everybody else is already going to be picked up that they want. Right, I got you. And that, that's, that goes for, like, all the small market teams, you know? Yeah. Um, like, New Orleans wants a bunch of people, you know? They want... Uh, I would like to see Horford, Horford go to uh, New Orleans. That'd be a cool matchup. Um, but, yeah, it's... Free agency starts Sunday. It's going to be an awesome Sunday. So it starts Sunday? Like, they can sign Sunday, or...? They start... They can't officially sign to July 6th. All right. But they can start announcing... Negotiations, yeah. Okay. Um, That's exciting. So that's good. This is good. It's, you know, like tonight, after we get done, I'll probably throw on some sweat, sit around, and read, like, online where everybody... The rumors are where everyone's going. If they don't... I, I... Want Ricky Rubio or uh, D'Angelo Russell? I don't think the Suns can afford D'Angelo Russell. What is Ricky Rubio going to do in the Suns, though? They just need a facilitator and a guy that can go up and down the court. I don't think that. I don't think you want Rick. I like Ricky Rubio, but I don't think he's dynamic enough for your. Like you need you. You have a bunch of young guys. You don't need a guy who's a like a mistake magnet. I don't know. Uh, Anyway. Um, well, that was what, uh, was it Windhorse? Uh, he was on that podcast. I heard, like, a little bit of it where he's talking about how Patrick Beverly, if the Suns go to him right off the bat and go, hey, we're going to offer you a four-year deal right now. Like, if Patrick Beverly, like, waits to see where everybody goes, like, no one's going to be... The Suns are gonna, you know what I mean? Like he's just—he might be missing out. No, okay. Uh, all the—it's gonna be interesting how all this shit plays out. Um, but I love that the Lakers—the Lakers cannot sign. Yeah. Fan. So just let's go ahead. Let's just get it out there because you love texting. Only three players. Right now, they only have three players on their roster. They have Kuzma, Davis, and LeBron James. They're favored to win the whole thing. Yeah. They cannot. I don't. They're talking about Kawhi's meeting with the Lakers. I saw that. How can they afford them? I don't understand. Like, if you put them on, they're showing on ESPN, like, you know, they're doing that free agent thing. Uh-huh. If they sign them, they only have $1 million. Oh, really? Left. To, play, to pay every uh, the other nine people on their team? Yeah. <laughs> like, they need to, like, take that $33 million and, <coughs> like, put it towards a bunch of pieces. Yeah, I guess I have a bunch of one-year deals with vets who want to reestablish their worth. You know, who want like to Danny, play for They want contract. Danny Green, who's probably going to be there. Right. And, like, some other guys like that. Um, and they're talking about Ricky Rubio, too. But anyway. Cool. All right. So, today, we got, we're, gonna, yeah. we're going across entertainment across the board. I do have... I saw a movie that uh, I've been wanting to see that... You saw a while back. I saw it. Sorry to bother you <laughs> this week. Oh, okay. And I just. So, this movie, Sorry to Bother You, is about a telemarketer guy where he 
kind of a guy down on his luck, takes a job at a telemarketing company, and a black guy, and they basically tell him that if he uses his white voice, that he can get more sales, and he figures out how to do it the best, and he goes up the ranks, and all this shit starts happening. And I was just thinking, like, how can anyone... And I look, I think it won Best Screenplay at the Independence Yeah, it did. Awards. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it's like 93%. Yeah. And I'm like, how does anyone review this movie? The whole time I was watching it, I just was like, I don't know how you can review this movie. Because this movie's all over the place. And it starts getting into some weird shit towards the end. And uh, with horse people. Yeah. And you're just like... High register Sean types. How can I... Yeah, high register How can I tell if this is good or not? Right. And I couldn't tell. At the end of the movie, I was like, I don't know. If uh, I like I, this movie. I, I knew I didn't like it. Uh, I liked the first half a lot. I thought that was pretty creative and awesome. I did like when they were showing like how they... Uh, when he was on the calls and he would drop into the scene... Yeah. That was cool. And that was really good. And then when they got into the horse people, I just... Yeah. Yeah. I, that... Oh, my God. I know what I would... I... So, speaking of High Register, Sean, I was going to even... I... Did you listen to um, Howard All Week? Oh, yeah. Did you hear when they were, like, reviewing um, the OJ Twitter clips? Yeah. On Wednesday, and they were talking about OJ. Um, one of his videos was about he made a video about how when he was um, he he took when he was going through all the stuff after his after his wife died uh, that he went uh, took his kids up to Neverland Ranch. Did you hear this? No. I didn't. Oh my god, it was the best because they were doing all these imitations of OJ and Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's like, "Hey, OJ, why'd you bring your kids? Bring your kids to me." And then he's like, "But one time I showed up and I didn't have my kids, and Michael wasn't there." Like, "Oh, OJ's not bringing his kids. I'm too busy." You know. Anyway, uh, it was the fucking funny. I mean, it was like straight out of. Like 1995 Howard Stern. It was the best. Fred has been cracking me up lately with the puppets, man. The Ronnie puppet just drives me crazy. It's so funny. Um, anyway. Um, so anyway. Alright, so, so what, what I, are we talking about today? So we're going to do one TV show, two movies. We went to the movies twice each. We saw two movies. So two movies. Um... The show. Let's do. Let's just jump on the show because I think it's gonna be the quickest. Euphoria. It's a new new HBO teen drama. It's on Mondays, Sunday nights. Sunday nights. See, I don't even know because I watch online. Um, First two episodes premiered. Yes. So basically, it's about it stars Zendaya. It's good. We, as we just said before we went online, it's a good time to be Zendaya. She's got a Spider Man coming out. And she's on this new show. So. Um, she, uh, she's, she plays a drug addict and, um, who just got out of rehab from, after she, she OD, yeah. yeah, she's like 17 or whatever. And, um, basically everybody in this world, in this high school world it's is up. really messed up. Uh, and it's scary. I mean, if I'm a parent, I, this show would scare the crap out of me. Let me ask you a question. Sure. The first episode. 
when you were watching the first episode until that very end, did you know that that Jules was a uh, uh, transgender? Let me tell you this. I still wasn't sure after the end of the second episode that that's the case. Because I she saw had a bulge. It. She had a bulge. But they were laying in bed. They've not yet said anything about it. Well, well, they kind of, yeah, they kind of did. Okay. Because they are saying that the dad's like hooking up with dudes. Okay. You saw that whole, did you catch that when he's, when at the end of the first episode where they showed the, the, um, picture on the wall and they said, that's where things got fucked up. Yeah. Sendai. Yeah, but it did, but that was the kid's, the kid's dad. It was the guy's dad. It's going to be interesting when that happens. When that comes, but out. I didn't. But I didn't know that that meant that she was trans. I think it, you're supposed to figure it out by that point. All right, I'm not that bright. Um, so then the second episode shows how this his son became so this becomes this violent. When he's young, he sees these videos of his dad like hooking up. On Grinder, I guess it's on Grinder. Some sort of he's Something got, all, like that, he's got right? all these videos of him having anal sex with guys, and it basically fucked him up for life. And basically, at one point, I thought I didn't. In the second episode, when the kid goes after the guy that had sex with his girlfriend in the pool, <coughs> I didn't know that that was the guy from the pool. I thought he was it was one of his dad's. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Like, like so that he's been saying. That made me hate that guy so much. That scene, like, I was, I had, like, real strong feelings about hating that guy so much when he beats the crap out of the kid. But he also said, like, what would you, when the girl was like, what would you do if we were having sex? And he's like, I would kill you. And you're like, oh, shit. Some fucked up stuff going on in this Yeah, everybody's so messed up in this thing. Uh, my favorite storyline, the girl I think is, or the character I think is the best, is the girl who is dating the kid in college. Um, she's a white girl dating the black guy who's a college Alex, athlete. Yeah. That, and, that kid was on, uh, side note, he was on the new edition. And yeah, I knew, okay. But she, did he play he, Bobby he Brown? Got, he got replaced, like, or... They hired another actor, um, and I guess, like, the actor, something came out about the actor, and they had to, like, reshoot the whole thing, like, with him back, all the scenes with him back in it. Oh. But, yeah, so she has these, <clears throat> it turns out that this girl's leaked a bunch of, or her, There's a video leaked out of her. A bunch of clips of her, like, naked. Yeah. And... Yeah, there's there's a lot of different storylines going on. But I think she's but she's super. I think she's good. She's every everything about her is it's like it's it's layered. She's good, and then Zendaya is really good in it too. I I love this show. And then you have this storyline about this girl who's never had sex before. She gets filmed, and then she realizes that like all these people are. Like watching her, yeah, because she had it. It was taped. Yeah, and she gets all excited about it, and then she's like, "Now I'm gonna become a camera girl, I guess." Yeah, to make some money. It's interesting because she's a heavy girl that was never looked at this way, so she's finally seeing her 
she's finally getting attention, even though it's the wrong kind of attention. Yeah, it's, it's what's awesome. And but it has very interesting storylines. Again, there's a lot of like hard sex to watch. Yeah, there's some uh, as they promoted on the show. There's one scene with a lot of penises. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of drugs and um, there was like a Conan. Uh, on one of his like skits that he does, he did like a. Um, he walked up to the guy. They walked up to a guy in a car, and he goes, "Do you know how many? Guess how many penises are on the show, Euphoria, on Sunday?" And the guy's like, "I don't know, two, no, three, no, four. And he's like, "No," and like the guy was getting all pissed off. He's like, "I gotta go." No, seriously. And the, like they wouldn't let him go. And then they were like, 30! There's 30 penises! <laughs> and the guy just drives off. Um, again, if you most of the people our age have kids. You're not... This is not the show for you if you have kids. Um, no, it's definitely... Uh, got some... They, they have all these disclaimers before you watch the yeah. show. But it's hard because everybody is kind of cool or really good looking on the show. So it is... Like, I'm not against it. I'm not saying stop it, but it is glorifying it a bit. You know, even though they keep... it's They're smart because they'll talk about... Like, there's a line where she says, I know I'm not supposed to say it, but drugs are really cool. And then they've used that line to, like, promote the show. But the second half of that scene is when you first start them. But this, then yeah. you do them, and then she shows her them completely destroying her life and her sucking. And it's just... I think that's just such good filmmaking. Now, and that scene with the drug dealer was intense. Yes. Holy shit, that was intense. I didn't even know that the drug dealer knew the transgender girl. Um, at, the, at the end, he calls her up. He's like, I need your help. I need you to come over here. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, God. Yeah, so it's good. Um, I forgot what I was just going to say. Um, you feel, yeah. You, I, I mean, I, this is my favorite show right now, which is probably not a good thing, but... Um, it's not It's not an easy watch, but it's, uh, it's a little slow-moving. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting. It's very well shot. Yes. Production value. It's a lot of good colors. And, oh, I know what I was going to say. So you watch this on TV, right? You don't watch it on online? Yeah. If you watch online, they have like five minutes at the end of each episode with the guy that created it. Don't ever watch it. Because it's a, he's a, he's, he seems really weird after you watch all this stuff. And you're watching this little white guy and like, oh, I came up with this when I did that. You know, and you're like. <laughs> but. I, I don't want to, you know. Obviously, the guy's hitting some some points, and so anyway. Uh, but so you like it, love it. Uh, I like it. I'm just waiting to see more episodes before I can give my full opinion okay. on it. Well, I I will say that this year this is my favorite show. Uh, not gonna say my favorite because it's only two episodes, but this is my. It's a good start. Yeah, it's a really good start, and I I am. Unless they do some things I don't like, which is very possible because don't it's hard to like most of these people. Um, I, I would say this is the best new show so far that I've seen this year. Um, all right, so uh, movies. 
So we were going to do this podcast earlier in the week, and you were like, "We should go see Toy Story before we watch, you know, before we do the podcast." And I said. Well, if we go see it, we're basically going to sit in front of a microphone and say, Hey, Toy Story was really good. Yeah, it was. And it was. Uh, have you... Ha- have I prognosticated that correctly? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good. Did you know... How did Rashida Jones get involved in this? I don't know. I saw her name in the credits. She wrote, she wrote it. It was one of the writers. Yeah. I want to know how she got involved in it. Um, the one... I, heard, I think her dad had some connections. Okay, so a couple things that I liked. Yeah, her dad has some connections. There was a couple things that I really liked, and there was one criticism I have. One criticism I have is uh, that I felt like Buzz Lightyear was kind of a side character. I agree. He didn't really have, like, a... They should have given him a B story or something. Well, they did. It just wasn't... It wasn't nearly as much time. The inner voice... Oh, yeah, I guess, but it wasn't. Yeah, well, I agree with you. It didn't get enough screen time. So let's go through what happens in this in this movie is the gang is off with their new owner, Molly. Yeah. And um, Woody is no longer yeah, the toy yeah. that, that she wants to play. Yeah, because she's a girl, so she's making um, the girl sheriff, what's her name? Uh, God, I can't... Anyway. Um, Sally? She so so yeah so Woody's kind of in the closet and um, she she makes a she's shy she's starting school she makes a spork into Forky which is his character and so now Woody's like dude we totally have to protect Forky because uh, he's the one that like makes her happy and um, so she goes on a road trip she brings all of her toys. And Forky keeps getting into Jesse trouble. Jesse, that's the name of the new yeah. It's Joan Cusack. Yeah. Um, so they're all you know trying to protect Forky and this whole thing. And then um, Forky was really funny. Tony, yeah, Tony it was great, great, great stuff with Good that. Good key and peel. Uh, yeah, lines too. Um, I'm just so happy to to have them on screen together and anything because now they're so they're. Careers have gone so separately that it's. I hope that every two years we could just check in with them together. They just do a ballet uh, skit, or skit every two. I years. don't care what it is. I just want something. I like that they when they went into the uh, antique shop. So basically, like they go on this adventure, and Woody runs into Bo Peep, uh, who I guess had been lost for nine years, but technically. We don't want to give everything away. No. But, so she was lost and he runs into her at an antique shop. And, uh, there's this other doll in there that's, like, never been picked because her voice box isn't working. So they make her, like, an evil character that she wants to find a doll that has a correct one that she can extract it. Yeah. And I like the dark turn that turns into, like, a really heartwarming story at the end. Agreed. I mean, I, that was the. Most, I was a mess. That was the emotional wreck at the end. Did like, you did you did you go by yourself or did you go with anyone? Anyway? I went by myself. Oh, okay. I I was not by myself, but I was the only one. Well, no, I guess she started kind of, but I was like a, I was like once you like, once you get, they did such a good job of telling that story that once you get to Gabby Gabby's like 
finally getting an owner and like that whole story like was just so that was a great story yeah it really was it, is. it was a great I, that part is it's tough that's like um yeah there's a great some great emotion that you know that's and you know the thing. that Woody's like now with no voice box he's gonna be like a damaged toy so what does he do now um but I uh you know you know this going in that the Toy Story movies that they're gonna make you feel all kinds of shit that you don't want to have to feel and the animation's gonna be amazing yes um and this was like like we were talking earlier it was like it was just like an adventure it was like aside from the third act which kind of puts everything in that world into uh, into certain places um the rest of the first two thirds of the movie basically were just like, like they were saying, just like a little adventure that they're on, you know. And then, I mean, then it makes some decisions to make it a little more permanent uh, uh, situation. Heard a lot of people saying that this needs to be the last episode of this show of this movie. Um, I kind of felt like three needed to be the end of it. It was probably perfect. Three was the perfect cutoff point. Yeah, I felt three was better, a little better than this. I do too. So, where do you rank your Toy Stories? I'd probably go three, four, one, and two. Yeah, I think I go three, one, four, two, or three, four, one, two. Yeah, like I mean that one two four. Two is probably the weakest. One. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think for sure. I actually just watched it last weekend. Two, it was on. Um, it you know, it is the weakest of them all. The problem is, you know what the one thing that Toy Story doesn't do well? Villains. They're villains for the most part in their movies. Well, one, the third one had some good Well, hold on. So, okay, so the first the first one, the villain, is um, the kid next door, Psy. Yeah. He's, to me, he's probably the best villain, you know? Yeah. Uh, the villain in the second... to blow up the toys. Yes. The second villain was... The worst that was the prospector, for, you know, yeah. uh, was I guess Kelsey Grammer played the prospector. The villain in the third is the the teddy bear. Um, that whole ending of the third one was so good. It's so good, but but the the fight with the teddy bear is not the best. And so I agree with you that this this villain, uh, sort of Gabby Gabby, is a uh, it's. Better than than the other villain, the other villains in them. So, um, I, I asked you this question earlier: What is there a more slam dunk franchise? What franchise over the last twenty years has given better, has, has consistently put out better movies than the Toy Story franchise? It's tough. Like, like you know what you're getting. You know it's going to be really well written. Um. You're going to get lots of emotion. I, I hate to say it about an animated movie, but I think that this series might be the best series of, like, the last 20 years. Like, I mean, I, I have no arguments against yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I'd be interested if we spent more time with it, what else we could come up with. I mean... I mean, on a different level. Standalones, like- there's, there's movies, like, that I like more than the Toy Story movies, but as a whole, what were you going to say? I mean, on a different level, like, something like John Wick, which has, like, action and really hasn't made a bad movie. Yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't compare. 
It's not the first place I would have gone. I'm trying well, off the top of my head. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really think this through. No, well, I mean, you know, we didn't yeah. we didn't prep it. Sorry, I'm just saying. Like, I'm I'd be I'd, I'm interested. Fast in, and the Furious now. <laughs> um, but I, so the first one I think of is like Mission Impossible. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of really, but I, like I would probably take Mission Impossible Fallout over about any Toy Story movie. But I don't think, on the whole, I would take all the Mission Impossible movies over the Toy Story movies. I need to watch that again. The last time I saw it was on a plane. They cut out the whole helicopter crash thing. That's smart. (laughs) Um, Shocker. um, And then there was one other question I was going to ask. Oh, so the other thing about Pixar, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and, and reading stuff. I'm, re- I've, I'm reading a Pixar book. Have you ever re- have you ever read that? I'll have to no, give it to you. No, but I know what you're... I'll give it to you when, if I ever finish. <laughs> it's like six in my rotation right now, books that I started and can't I finish. I just gave you a seven one. Yeah, thanks. Well, th- th- honestly, thanks. Um, but the one thing I've noticed in all the screenwriting books, podcasts, all of that, when they go to reference a story, they always use Pixar as the example because and I, and actually the guy I work with is one of pointing that out to me he goes notice that they'll always use Pixar because they tell stories better than anybody and they, supposedly in that book they get into how before they develop the characters and the cartoon and any of the animation it's all about the story first and foremost and I was listening to Craig Mazer did the guy that created Chernobyl you didn't you still haven't seen Chernobyl okay um, First episode. He uh, was talking about. He did a podcast about how to write like the best movie. It was really good. He, you know, he does script notes. How do you have time to listen to all these podcasts? I well, it's, I don't. I don't. You're just like intake, like all these. Just well, I'm. I was actually going to start with that today. Is like I don't know. I have to. I have to like have a serious talk with myself about time management because today was an insane day. We were trying to do some fun things and I can't have fun because I'm busy. I mean, I can, but like, I'm also bit like busy. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to tell you how to do your thing, but for something that I'm pretty sure what you're doing could wait two hours. Right. You could come out of the theater. When you get back here before we start the podcast, boom. Yeah. 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 You send whatever emails you need to, but, but anyway, but, um, I find, like, at night, I'm, like, reading just bullshit and listening to bullshit instead of doing these things to prep for today so that today's not a runaround day. <laughs> and I got I to gotta get out of it. Like, we've talked about the Nextdoor app before, I think. Like, I got to get off of that thing. Nextdoor app. Oh, you don't know about it? The- I mean, I know about it, but what are you doing on the Nextdoor app? I'm just reading a bunch of people fighting about homeless people. Oh, God. Yeah, it's awful. Um, but anyway, the point being that he used like Finding Nemo as as a reference point for how to write a, a great script, and it's really I don't know. It's Pixar, does, but Pixar just does it better than anybody. That's all. Uh, anything else with that? No. All right. Well, it's a good film. Good yeah, summer blast. Good, good summer blockbuster. Yeah, um, it's funny because it's not making the money that they thought it was going to make. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it's doing well, but it's not, it's, it's performing under expectations, but good, but performing well, performing better than most movies this year. 
That seems to be the consensus. Domestically, it's made 179 million. Um, the first weekend. So, like, expectations for opening weekend were like 135, and it hit like 130 or something. Okay. But it's made 302 worldwide. But the thing is, is it's because I think people are just so sick of fucking sequels right now. Oh yeah, they're all bombing. So, um, the other movie we saw today was not a sequel. It was an original concept. One of of the original movies of the summer. So, and I'm very excited to talk about this because we haven't really talked about it yet. And I'm curious, like, you were very excited for this movie when you saw it. It's Yesterday. It's a Danny Boyle film. Great concept about uh, basically what happens if one day all of a sudden people... Like forget things that are like staples in society, and well, what it was, it was, it's the Beatles. It's the Beatles, right? And he's a struggling musician, and he realizes that oh, no one knows the Beatles songs. I should just capitalize on this. Well, it starts off like that, and sing these songs and become popular, basically. Right. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot to that because. Obviously, right now, there's a lot of statements that are underlying. Like, right now in our culture, we're not coming up with original ideas. We're just retreading things, you know? Um, so much of the entertainment industry right now is just retreads. So, it's kind of like, you know, like, um, one of the jokes is that without... There's no Oasis, because without yeah. the Beatles, you can't have Oasis, because they're basically... You know, I don't know if that's a dig at them, or <laughs> if that's supposed to be obvious, but I... I I have a feeling it wasn't received well since they didn't use Wonderwall in the entire movie and referred to it several times. Yeah. Uh, that's my guess. Um, Somebody else is uh, on the other side of the world doing Oasis songs. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, Trying to get their name out there. So, super creative movie. was excited about it. But I w- I'll be honest, I, w- I had a lot of reservations going into this. I just kind of thought it was going to be very predictable. Uh, turns out it was not. It was not predictable. No, it did not go the places I thought it was going to be. I thought it was basically going to be he bumped his head and then like wakes up at, and realizes it was all a dream. I would, and it wasn't. So they, everyone thank God for that because that's the worst story plot. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really like the end, but I'm glad that they didn't like do what you said where it was yeah. all going to be like a dream. So well, let's just... What's your what's your first big problem with the movie? Because I see you shaking your head, you're scratching your head right now. What what's what's some of your problems? My problems were that. Wait, did uh, you print out notes already on this movie that we just saw? Well, when you, yeah, when Look I was waiting you. when, you're, I, was, you're when a, I was waiting for you, you're right? a good co-host. I am not okay. I'm impressed. I've got my notes. I can read it as I no, but uh, I didn't really care for the end. I thought like basically like. Are you going to give away the end? No. Okay. Not, there's points that I'm going to. I'm not. I'm going to do spoiler free. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to try to keep this spoiler. I think we can do this spoiler free. Um, like the movie was like really creative. That I felt like it needed to be more creative at the end than uh, what it was. Like I liked them mixing in the couple that you'll, you know, there's a couple part, and then there's a road trip that he goes on. But I felt like. One of my main problems is there's this middle section, and I think we had this problem with that uh, Elizabethtown, where, like, one part of the 
the story was more interesting than the rest of it. Elizabeth Town for sure, the mixtape. He makes a mixtape. What and I thought all the was places. the most interesting, there's a whole section where he goes to these cities that the Beatles like wrote about. And he visits like Strawberry Fields and he goes to Eleanor Rigby's gravesite. He goes to Abbey Road. He goes to all these places to kind of like figure out what they were talking about. Because everyone keeps asking, where did he get an inspiration for these songs? Because and, and he doesn't know what to say, right? And he has to like retrace the steps of Beatles, of the Beatles, to kind of like see why they were inspired. And I thought that was going to be, they should have expanded on that more. Okay, that, I'm with you there. Um, except that I, I will say that that second act gets, while that's cool, what you're saying that concept, it did get a little slow there. Like it lo- I lost some attention in in, in some of that um, because. The gimmick happens really quick. Yeah, and it's great, and it hits you, and you're like, "Oh, like I." We were all so engaged. Everyone in the theater is laughing. You know, even our, a dog. Even there was a dog in the theater. That's true. You were checking in a on the big dog. ass, uh, really large poodle, like a like a big one. And, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah. So everyone was kind of into it, and then. You could see people one by one just kind of slowly fading out of caring anymore because, one, there's a lot of Ed Sheeran. A lot of Ed Sheeran. It's tough to it's a tough pill to swallow. I mean, whether you like his music or not, I don't. Um, it's. I get that he's a really big popular person, but when we're talking about the world of the Beatles, it's so not anything like him or I just I don't want to nitpick too hard about that but it, it his music just dwarfs in comparison to that I mean every, I mean so I that Sharon song at the end when they were hooking up yeah so that which so, I did not like that's, that's that's a big problem because that I don't even think that's an old song I think that's one for the movie so it's yeah, like I think so it too. becomes like an Ed Sheeran commercial and you're like eh. Like, you have a movie about the Beatles. It should have been, like, a Beatles song while they were, like, hooking up. Yeah, I, I understand that. Um, I also have a real problem. I, I just, I'm sorry. If you're going to cast a, um, a potential love interest as someone that you've known for 15 years that you've never, or 20 years, and you've never, like, hooked up with or wanted to, don't make her that attractive. I'm, I'm, so I don't, Lily James is the uh, yeah. Actress. She was in the new uh, Mamma Mia. Okay, she's been in some other ones, but that was most notable. Um, she plays young Meryl Streep. In, all right, uh, Mamma Mia. But she's you know she's a very good looking girl, and he's not. I mean, he's he's I guess he's kind talented of guy. Yeah, and very I, talented. I guy. liked him. I thought he's I thought he's I think he's a good choice to be the lead of this. I love that he's Indian, and they don't make it. They bring up some of his with his family, but it's never a thing. No, I, and I love that. And I, I don't use that as a plot device. Just he's just a, a person, and so that's good. Uh, but but there's no way that he doesn't like have any interest in her over 20 years. Well, I think that was one of the biggest problems in the movie is that the love story part of it was just there was no like magic to it. It wasn't like Slumdog Millionaire, where you like really like 
felt the love for these two people. You know? Yeah. Like, when the... Yeah, I mean, it just... The way it was written, like, the story revolving around these two people, it was definitely hard to get the point across. Because he definitely would have had still had feelings. I mean, he did, but they didn't, like, talk about it. It's funky. Yeah. It's funky, and it's really noticeable in the beginning of the movie when she shows up to be his straggler girlfriend or manager but like they try to make her less attractive like when every time he shows up he refers to how she wears bad pajamas but those are just plot devices that don't work just cast somebody it's a little more believable that he could overlook as be you know I mean that girl's like a model (laughs) I don't know she's pretty attractive yeah it's it it never occurred to you like you know what I mean like because you wind up spending too much time trying to defend that if you just cast somebody that was a little more believable that they'd be overlooked it then you don't have to deal with all of that um and and to me that's distracting and and it bothers me a little bit but so it is a really creative movie the the road trip that you're speaking of towards the end see I when I was heard about this movie yeah I was like they're definitely gonna have the Beatles. Well, let, let's be careful with... Yeah, with, they're with, definitely going to have the Beatles at some point. Like the actual Beatles in it. Yeah. And... Whether they do or not, we won't talk about whether, it. Yeah. But I will say this, the that road trip part is... Pro, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I thought you said you didn't like it. No, I loved... I wanted more of that type of creativity. No, no, no. I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about the road trip where he starts going to... I'm talking about... Yeah. Wait, I said after, the, the couple that he meets... Okay. And the road trip. So the couple that he meets, too. That scene is fantastic. Yes, it's great. I mean, I I was really afraid it was going to fall into some, you know, a little more formulaic things where all, all of a sudden things are coming down on this great thing and instead he's met, but with, please keep doing what you're doing. When you first saw that guy with the beard, when he, when he played his first show. Yes. And he was just staring. Did you think that there was going to be like an assassination thing? Because I, oh, I, no. I felt like there was going to be a storyline, kind of like how you know John Lennon got killed okay. by like a stalker guy. No, I never thought about that. I just thought then, that, yeah, I mean. But you find out what the deal is with these two people that you see throughout the movie. These two people that just show up everywhere he goes, um, and it's such a good story yeah so i think elizabethtown is an interesting comparison because elizabethtown sucks but and this movie doesn't suck no um but i do like what you're saying um how there's there's a good movie in there somewhere if you focused on different part of the movie than you actually wrote if they if the writer had gotten together with the producer and the director for seven it's hours a, that's the thing it's a for, good writer for seven hours to go over the first 40 pages and restructured it <laughs> they definitely could have done that no I mean they Richard Curtis wrote it yes did love actually well, alright so he's a little he knows how to structure you're a little too comedy. you like Richard Curtis a little, or whatever his name is a little too much like you think that it's a he's a good writer. Look, I like um, Love Actually, but you seem to think that Love Actually is like Casablanca. It's a very heartwarming, loving movie. 
Um, what else did Richard Curtis do? Because I, I see, I know you're, I know you're pulling it up now. Red Nose Day. What's that? That's just, just kidding. That's uh, uh. Um, I don't know. Bridget Don- Jones Diary, Notting Hill, um, Four Weddings and a Funeral. So he's made some really good romantic comedies. So basically, he doesn't have balls. <laughs> he did that movie About Time, which I thought was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go back in time and with uh, Rachel McAdams. I can't remember if I liked that movie. There was that whole section where he was trying to save his dad, which was very. I I remember either really loving that movie or really hating it. I can't remember which way it was. Um, I guess he did Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. So that's why Lily James is in that. So his, his balls did not. Grow back. I guess he immediately thought of, uh, and he's doing the Little Mermaid script. <laughs> but anyway, um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but I'm with you. I think that I think what you're saying is right. So half of this movie is really good with its with that, and half of it they spend too much time with things you don't care enough about. So we would say things that we really like the people who. Recognize the Beatles, uh, the the road trips that he goes on. Here's the one. Wait, hold on. Let me just okay, let me finish summarizing this, and you tell me. Uh, and the things we don't like are Ed Sheeran scenes and the ro- the romance, the the storyline, the love story. Okay, what were you gonna say? Which could have been written better, much better. Um, well, I was thinking about the Beatles songs, and I was saying this to our, the people that we went with when we were walking out. It's like. It'd be interesting to know to have some of the songs not because it's now it's 2019 and these songs were, you know, it was 60s mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, some of them not click with people. But this, they did that with the summer song. Well, that's she said it. Um, yeah, but but right. I, I, okay. Kate McKinnon said she didn't like it. She's good in it. I mean, she's little. Sticky. Yeah, she's very sticky. Uh, which doesn't really fit in with the rest of the movie. Especially when your lead is so dry like that. Like, to have a sticky person playing against yeah. them, it kind of... Yeah, it was a weird casting. But, like, it would have been interesting to see, like, have a song like Hello, Goodbye, that people are just like, eh. Yeah. You know? Because everyone's involved in Taylor Swift. But I think that they thought they were doing that. Like, you go into, like, the Hey Dude instead of Hey Jude. And, um... I know, like, the Beatles probably didn't want that to happen. They are probably like, we don't want you to say that our songs suck in 2019. You know what I mean? Like, right. so they... And I'm sure the filmmakers didn't want to do that. But it would have been an interesting exercise to do. Hey, maybe this song wouldn't be that popular. Like some of the psychedelic songs that they had, you know? Yeah. Yellow Submarine. Is that going to be a popular song now? I don't think so. Right. Right. I did like that. Uh, the one thing they didn't, I, I would have liked them to come back to is he was trying to figure out one of the things, points in the movie, he was trying to remember the lyrics. Because they're not written down anywhere, so he has to remember it by by heart and he was trying to like figure out Eleanor Rigby for the whole 
movie, and that didn't even, like, come back at the end. Like, I thought he was going to remember it or see something when he went on his road trip or something that sparked a memory. Okay. They didn't yeah. do that. I don't know. Um, yeah. uh, one thing I forgot that we did not talk about with Toy Story 4, sorry. I was just looking at the cast because I, I thought that was um, Amy Poehler this whole time, who was the voice of the little, the little toy that was Bo Peep's friend, Giggle McDimples or whatever. Yeah, Giggle McDimples. Who was Giggle McDimples? This girl, Allie Mackey. Um, how freaking good is Duke Kaboom? Duke, Duke Kaboom. We didn't talk about Kaboom. I know. Duke Kaboom was great. So, Keanu Reeves in Toy Story 4 plays Duke Kaboom, this Canadian daredevil. God, Keanu Reeves is We just don't want you to be the fun. best. We want you to... You crash the best. We need you to crash the best. So good. Um, sorry. I just... I have a feeling that Duke Kaboom... Like, if I was going to get in a fantasy league, my team probably could be named Duke Kaboom. Like... It's a, Keanu Reeves is having a moment right now, too. I, I think it's a lot more than a moment, man. That guy is on fire. We talked about this last time. Yeah. Man. He's in uh, that Ali Wong movie that yep. everyone seems to like like his cameo. Yep. He's doing Bill Always Be My three. Maybe. Yep. Um, did you see that? Always Be My Maybe? No. Um, so Bill and Ted 3 is shooting right now, and he's doing this. And he's doing John, John Wick. Wick. And then uh, we're missing some very important ones. Uh what else is he just in? That? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we were talking about last week. He saved people off of a plane. <laughs> Guy is just awesome. So, good on you. Oh, he's also in, like, the biggest video game. That's what we were talking about. He's in the biggest video game in E3. So, uh, cool. Well, there was a... Uh... Good time. So, tomorrow we're going to the beach? Yep. Um... Our friends Aaron and Eric aren't going. Okay. Well, we can talk about that off the air. Yeah. But uh, I guess we're going to see each other two days on yeah, now. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks right. for listening, everybody. Later.